This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys are talking with Kathleen Trace, author of A Wannabe Teacher's Guide, Getting Hired, Having Fun, and Staying Sane. We've got an East Initiative update, some crazy witty banter, all of that much more up next on EduTech Guy. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Medlock. Hey, welcome to the show. Yeah. We've been gone a long time. We have been gone a long time. <laughs> yeah, we had spring break, uh, illnesses, the flu, you know, uh, dogs and cats living together. Uh, it was just, it was that's just right. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Yeah, I mean, but, but really, you know, we got back from... Um, Schomburg, and then really, uh, that's kind of when everything hit. You know, whether it was like Jeff said, you know, sick and spring break, and yeah, then, it was just uh, I was crazy under the weather, and, and and we know you missed us, so we're sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to tell myself that. Well, you have to. That's what gets me up in the morning. No, listen. Every, everybody, everybody out there is playing John Waite. I ain't missing you at all. Yeah, like one of our new graphics says, we're not sure if we're supposed to take it easy or take it to the limit one more time. That's just uh, that's, exactly. that's our generation right there. Exactly. So, <laughs> hey, but listen, you can take it easy and head over to the web. Check us out at www.edutechguys.com. Heck, take it to the limit just one more time and put it in Google, Edutech Guys, and you're going to find us because we're everywhere. We're always everywhere. Hotel California, you name it, that's where we are. We're out there on the web. So find us, let us know what you think of the show, uh, like our pictures, tweet our tweets, do all that crazy stuff. And catch us at the casino down on the river this week playing yeah, out stuff like we're an 80s band or an 80 cover band. Yeah. Tip your waitress, try to veal. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Huh? Forget about it. Hey, I think we got a really great show for you today. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, but you know, there's some really great stuff going on. Um, in fact, uh, we have some great new sponsors, and uh, one of those sponsors is uh, Concordia University. Yeah, you know, I- I've been in education for a long, long time at this point, uh, for uh, you know over 20 years. And I've seen some of the challenges that students have to face every day, whether it's going to school hungry or not being able to see the doctor when they're sick. I mean, these challenges make it 
it really hard for kids to focus on learning. Yeah, thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way, you know, with their new three to PhD uh, program that helps to combat students' fears, you know, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. Yeah, so they are revolution, revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model. It provides groceries, health care, even clothing to students right there on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Hey, you know, Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn more about compassionate Approach, approaches to education and to see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. Yeah. Hey, so if you want to learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, you can visit cu-portland.edu slash let's conquer hashtag nurture, educate, educate, grow. Hey, that's pretty awesome. We want to thank uh, Concordia for offering that program and being a sponsor of the show. Yeah. I tell you what, we want to take a listen to our interview with uh, Kathleen Trace coming up right now. And uh, when we come back, we'll have some East Initiative updates and some more stuff for you right after this. Hey, welcome back to the EduTech Guys. We're really excited to have our next guest on the weekly show, and we're going to let her introduce herself and tell us who she is and what she does and all that kind of stuff. So here we go. Hi, I'm Kathleen Trace, and I have been teaching for 13 years. I'm a department chair in the English department. I'm a writer. I'm a blogger. I'm a mom. Kind of do it all. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. All the hats hanging around your room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about your book. Uh, tell, tell our listeners the title and tell us, uh, you know, what made you decide, okay, I've got to write this book. I've got to get this out to the other educators that I know. It's called A Wannabe Teacher's Guide, Getting Hired, Having Fun, and Staying Sane. <laughs> um, I thought about it within my first three years of teaching because I wanted something that gave me how-tos to getting started. Mm. Because grad school is great. I got my master's before going into teaching, but so much of what you get is theory. And then you walk into a classroom and there's no checklist that says, here's the things you need to do before the kids come. Right. So I decided I needed to create that checklist mm -hmm. and here are the things you need to do with on the first day of school and the first week of school. And because those things weren't there and it wasn't part of my training program, I wanted to create that for other new teachers. Did it, did it shock you in all the years that this country has been doing education? Did it shock you that that didn't already exist? That it no did. One, yeah. It did. And it shocked me because I wrote the book a while back and it shocked me because I just started looking into kind of the, the blog arena this past six months, mm -hmm. uh, especially after meeting you guys. I was like, yeah, you guys have got a blog and um, so many different blogs are out there on different things, but there really wasn't anything for people who wanted to become teachers or who were brand new teachers that was free and it was just resources. Mm -hmm. And it amazes me that these things aren't part of our training programs and aren't readily available. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Isn't it, I don't know what the word is to me, insane, but isn't <laughs> it, I mean, it really, isn't it crazy the disconnect between what you're taught in the class, and maybe this applies to, you know, I don't know, a bunch of professions for all I know, but I'm just thinking, you know, um, that the disconnect between what you learn in undergrad and grad for education compared to boots on the ground walking in the door, it, I mean, it's like night and day. It is. And thank goodness most programs require you to do student teaching. Mm -hmm. 
but there are a lot of programs out there like career switcher programs and areas of high need where you go straight into a classroom without having done any student teaching and it is just like throwing you right into the fire yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know, there's there's like you said you you get the theory if right. you're if you're if you're taking those classes and, and a lot of times like here in Arkansas we have an alternate licensing program so someone who who isn't uh, already taking the education path they've been in the business world they can uh, receive right. this alter, uh, you know alternate licensure uh, by taking certain classes and uh, by taking the praxis tests and those kinds of things right um, we call that the career switcher program here okay so yeah same same thing and and you know even that doesn't prepare oh, a no. lot of folks for what happens like you said earlier, the first day, the first week, the first month, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to talk to? Exactly. And those are the hardest days and months. And that first year is the hardest year. And mm -hmm. most of the teachers that we don't retain, we lose within the first three years. Mm -hmm. Keep them for about the first three years, then they, they might stay in education. Yeah, I agree. So of, of the things you wrote about and the things that you're seeing out there, what's the top three? The top three things that you believe are those number one things that every first year teacher needs to know when they hit the ground running. Um, you need to know that you only have to do that first day, the first year, one time. <laughs> and it's a terrifying day for mm -hmm. many people. I know I was, I'm still scared on the first day of school after 13 years, I still get nervous. And I, I think people need to know that it's okay it's okay for the teacher to be a little scared yeah. and it's, it's okay. It's probably a good thing because you're probably going to be a better teacher if you're a little nervous and you're a little anxious and you're the next thing I would say a little overplanned. Mm. My, my second thing would be plan for more always yeah. rather than less. And planning, I think, is one of those skills that you also don't really learn until mm -hmm. you get into the classroom because you can't, sure, you can plan a unit for your graduate English level class in education, but you're not actually delivering that unit to students and you're not seeing what works and what doesn't work. You're not seeing something you thought would take 20 minutes takes 40 mm -hmm. or worse, something you thought would take 40 minutes and it takes 20. Yes. <laughs> so you've always got to have something in your back pocket. That's actually something I have in the, in the book, those kind of rainy day back pocket things mm -hmm. that you can pull out in case a lesson that was supposed to take 90 minutes takes 60 because you can't have those kids just hanging out for 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. They, they, they know, they know immediately that's a weakness. They see, oh, yes. they, they sense it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And then lastly, I would say the third thing is you've got to find your connections within your building. Uh, one of the other reasons that I wrote this is because of my husband's career. I've moved a lot around a lot. So I've been that new teacher in the building five times oh, wow. mm -hmm. in, in 13 years. And so I've learned immediately, I need to know who's going to be the go-to person for these different problems that I have. You know, maybe the department chair is my immediate go-to, but I might ask them, who do I go to if the copier is broken? Who do I go to if a kid pukes in my room? Mm -hmm. Like, who do I call if, you know, Somebody drops, this happened the other day, somebody drops a glass water bottle in the hallway and there's glass everywhere. Right. Um, and most of the time your go-to person is not going to be an administrator. 
your go-to person is going to be, you know, the head custodian. The head custodian at my school right now is just amazing. And so I know if that kid pukes or that glass drops, I have his number. Mm -hmm. but, as a, but as a new teacher, I didn't know that. And I didn't have that list of who to call for what. And so I think during that first, that pre-service week, when you're hopefully you have a mentor that you've been connected with, not all schools do that, but most do, is really figuring out who are my, who are my, go who are the numbers I need to have? Exactly. And put that list by your computer or by your phone in your room if you have one so that you can reach out when you need help because you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a first year teacher, as any teacher, we all know that those are those small things that can th completely derail the entire day, especially yes. that class that can take mm -hmm. that whole lesson, because then it's just a broken glass in the, in the middle of the hallway or it's somebody puked on their desk. But it's going to cause a stir. Everybody's going to be all hyped up. And, you know, the, yeah. the quicker you can handle it calmly and coolly, the mm -hmm. faster you move on. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. I, I agree with you 110 percent on that one. That's that's interesting. So. For you, having written this book, what epiphanies and aha moments did you have writing it that changed the, changed the way you wrote it and changed the way you looked at the way you teach? There were, I wrote it, I think I had been in three schools when I wrote it. And I wrote about one of the biggest parts for me was the interviewing process. Mm. Because that's something, a lot of new teachers, this is their first job. We do have the career switcher programs, but most teachers go directly into teaching and it's probably their first interview they've ever been on. So I wrote this whole chapter on interviewing based on the few interview experiences that I had and then went on more interviews as I continued to move around sure. and referenced my own book as I was going through it. Little, little things like um, I started wearing the school colors to the school when I went for my interview. Yeah or uh, having thank you notes in my car so that I could write them down right after I left because I realized after writing the book and I've updated it multiple times and gone back and added things like this, that I would forget who I interviewed, what was their name? And I'm on the website trying to Google and hoping there's a picture of them on the website <laughs> because I'm not sure who the person is because you're on this haze because you're nervous and it's an interview. So now I keep thank you cards in my car if I'm going for an interview. I write the thank yous immediately, bring them back in to the secretary before even leaving. Wow, so they wow. can keep them in the mailbox. It's just little, I had a lot of epiphanies about the interview process. And then also just about, like we were mentioning before, the resources that aren't there. I'm a checklist person. I'm a to-do list person. And those kinds of things aren't provided to new teachers. Mm -hmm. And I think it would just be so helpful. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's yeah. the biggest one is helping people that come to an interview. You always want to say you should have came, you should have showed up with these questions. You should have had uh -huh. these questions when you got there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And that's a big one. I mean, that's a really yep. big one. So um, I think, I think it's interesting that I believe this book should be when, when this will take me, this will date me. But even when I went through my teaching degree, um, you know, we learned how to, to load the eight millimeter film and we learned, you know, but as I travel to some colleges and universities today, they're still showing them how to use the overhead projector. And I'm thinking, yeah. what are we doing? You know, this is in, in your book seems like that perfect piece that needs to be in there that last year, you know, okay, 
This is your senior year of college. You're about to head off. This is the book you need to read. Um, would you agree? Would you think that this is the perfect book? I, I would hope so. Yeah. And the, that's why I'm creating the blog, because quite honestly, I understand what it's like to be on a college student ramen noodle budget. Mm -hmm. And it's a $10 book, but I just want to put it out there. So I'm putting a lot of the stuff. It's free. It's on the blog so that I can just hopefully share it. And then I've been connecting with different schools, mostly locally, but I'm actually doing, you guys are probably interested in the technology aspect of this. I'm doing a virtual co-op oh. with a student in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So she's at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. I'm in Virginia and she's creating things like Nearpod and Google Forms and things for her education program that I'm using in my classes. So we're kind of working together. So thank goodness her program and hopefully some other programs aren't out there are not teaching the overhead projector. Yeah, right, I, right. <laughs> I haven't seen one of those in, I don't know, five years more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm, I'm going to change gears a little bit. Um, you yourself have been on, you know, multiple interviews. Um, yeah. And then um, as the, um, English department chair, mm -hmm. you have also been on the other side of the desk, right? Conducted interviews. So uh, I wanted to hear a little bit about uh, that kind of that aspect. When, when you have brand new teachers, no matter how they came into the profession, when you have brand new teachers sitting across the desk from you, what are some of the things that you're noticing that are um, maybe not just their shortcomings, which of course, you know, could be addressed through your book, but what are some of the other things that, you, that you're noticing about teachers that are coming in for the first time being across the desk? Well, first of all, fewer of them mm. yeah. to start with. There's just fewer applicants. And the whole, that's what makes me so passionate. I just want to get, there's so many people that could be great teachers. And my students I see could be great teachers and they say, no, I don't want to do that because of various reasons. But on the other side of that, with the interview aspect, to me, I'm seeing I'm seeing kind of one of two things, and I want to see one more than the other. The one the one side is I'm teaching because I didn't know what else to do, and you can tell that mm -hmm. you can feel it in their kind of persona and their excitement level. Whereas somebody else, like I had somebody last year who came in and she was a career switcher, and she didn't know everything, but she was excited and she mm -hmm. was ready to learn. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to know more and was eager to help others learn and to grow in her own knowledge and to try new things. And, and she was very upfront about the fact that, you know what, I'm a career switcher and I have not done student teaching and I have so much to, to learn and to grow from, but I want to, and I, I really, know this is the right career for me. And that's the kind of people that we want to see. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of piggyback on that. And, and I, I want to dig a little deeper into kind of the thing you didn't really want to talk about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, that you kind of danced around. And that is, you know, you're seeing fewer applicants. Right. But, you know, there's a and the reason for that, I mean, like you said, there are lots of reasons why people don't want to go into it, but ultimately that is the reason why there are fewer applicants. There are fewer people who want to get into teaching there. Right. And, and we are, you know, really at an all time, uh, you know, high in terms of the need, 
It's a crisis. But mm-hmm. almost an all-time low in terms of the number of people who actually want to do it. So if if you don't mind, would you share some of your thoughts on on that? How do you how do you help convince people to sit across the table from you to come in right. and get interviewed, to be a teacher? That's part of what I'm trying to do with the blog. Unfortunately, I think we have a, a kind of conversation, if you will, in America that teachers get paid nothing. They just, you know, the students are awful and it's a terrible job. And But I really find that in most cases not to be true. Mm-hmm. And I just did a recent post, can you live off a teacher salary? And in most cases, yes, you really can. And there's obviously exceptions if you've got a lot of student loan debt or you know, you've already got a family and you've got to provide for them. But if you're just coming out of college and you don't have a ton of debt, I mean, it's really, it's possible. And I get so much joy and energy from my students. And unfortunately, the negative voices are overpowering the positive voices mm-hmm. in the education field. And the it's great that all these teachers are, you know, they're striking and they're fighting for the salary that they deserve. And that's fantastic. But I also want to hear the awesome things that are happening in people's classrooms and the lives that they've changed. I mean, when you hear from a student that you directed them on the path that became their career and they're so happy because of that, you don't get that opportunity in hardly any kind of profession. Right, right. But we're not talking about that. All they hear is you don't get paid a lot and you know sometimes you get cussed out or whatever, sure, you know, sure. a kid yells at you because something else is going on and it's a lot of work and but it's it's really in my experience and I've been in five different school systems in every case it's been manageable and I've had those rough kids <laughs> that make your stomach churn a little bit, Uh but they're way outnumbered by those kids that you just can't wait to see every day and that are going to make you laugh and are going to make you smile and want to, and I teach seniors in high school and they want, they want to give you a a hug or, or whatever. And you get to be that person in their life that, that makes a difference while there's still a difference to be made. Mm And that's the conversation I wish we were having. And I'm trying to just do my little piece to help put it out there more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there was more I could do, but I, I feel like it's got a, it's a, it's cultural, it's systemic, and we've really got to change the conversation. Yeah, it's it's like the transparency of education doesn't really exist in some in some places. And mm-hmm. I, I think that the thing we could tell most of these young aspiring teachers is it's a lifestyle because it is. Um, and it's it's different than being, and, and I'm not knocking plumbers or anything like that, but we're constantly reinventing everything okay. in education. Uh, you, you're I not love that. A, a plumber is not reinventing a toilet, and right. so you know they, they do a job. We mm-hmm. ours is a lifestyle. Ours is literally 24 seven. And yes, people say, well, you get off in the summer. Well, you just really don't get it. It never leaves my mind. It never. It it's you know I'm I'm ingrained in the lives. I've been, I've been doing this almost 28 years. So. I'm ingrained in the lives of, of thousands of kids. I was a band director, so thousands of kids. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think that's, and, and they're out there. I just don't think they know about that end of it. Just the, right. like what you're writing about. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff you don't know about. And, right. and, and here's exactly. the stories you need to hear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's, here's the amazing stories that you need to hear. And I have students, like I said, that I can just see in them. They'd be amazing teachers. And they're, they're just like, no, I try to, show them all the great things about it 
it's it's a battle. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. And I, I think you're definitely on the right track. Uh, um, you know, you may not necessarily feel like you're changing the grand, big, huge scope of things, but at the same time, the positivity that you're putting out and the story that you are telling and the stories you are sharing are changing the direction in a little way. And if, a, and, 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 if, <laughs> and if enough of us tell those stories and share our experiences, and especially if you are a student and, and you happen to be listening to this or you were a student at one point and you're <laughs> listening to this, you reach back out to those folks who, yeah. who were your mentors, who, who, who taught you and that you fondly remember and let them know, share that story. Not just let them know, heck, put it on Instagram, put it in yep. a Snapchat, whatever you're gonna do, share it out. Because I think, I, I truly believe that if enough of us tell that story and share our stories, then we will change the direction that that ship is going. I believe that too, which is why I'm trying. Yes, yes. yes. Well, so right. let's get into that. Let's talk about, uh, tell our listeners, uh, where they can find the blog and where they can get the book and any other information. If they want to reach out and steal your ideas, I'm, I'm sure you'll gladly let them steal them. Yeah, so absolutely. Share all that information with us. So the book's available on Amazon. It's a wannabe teacher's guide, getting hired, having fun and staying sane. Mm -hmm. So it pretty much takes you through that from the thinking about becoming a teacher, reasons to become a teacher, how to you know get certified, master's degree, whatever you need, interviews, resumes, and then getting through that first week, first day, first year. Um, if you just Google it on Amazon, it's easy to find. And then the blog is wannabeteacherguide.com or okay. wannabeteacher.com. Okay. So it's, they both should be quite easy to find if you just Google wannabe teacher. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much the only thing out there for wannabe <laughs> teacher hey. right now, as I found. <laughs> I'm trying to get more people to want to be teachers. Well, that's right. Let's that's see right. if we can change that. We'll just have to social media the snot out of it. That's so right. That's right. That. I'm trying. I'm also on uh, Twitter at a teacher's guide mm -hmm. and uh, Facebook at want to be teacher. Cool. That is fantastic. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, thank you for coming on the show. And it's been really thank great you to talk so to you. Much. It's been so fun. You bet. Student Treasures has been turning students into published authors for more than 20 years. They provide everything you need to turn your class into published authors for free. Yeah, and publishing with Student Treasures is easy. Their free hands-on writing activity motivates your students to write, and it inspires them to learn by turning their writing and illustrations into a one-of-a-kind book. When you turn your students into published authors, you'll automatically receive a free teacher copy of your class's book along with any copies ordered by parents. Plus, their online bookmaker, Scripsy, is perfect for technology-based learning and makes it easy for your students to create your class book online. Don't take our word for it. More than 440,000 teachers have turned over 14 million students into published authors with student treasures. You won't want to miss the looks on their faces when they see their work come to life in a professionally bound book. Learn more about publishing and turn your class into proud authors at studenttreasures.com slash techguys. That's student treasures with one T in the middle. S-T-U-D-E-N-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot -E -E com slash techguys.
I'm April Jackson, and this is your EAST Update. This week, we hear from an EAST facilitator who loves the opportunities that EAST provides for the students. He also tells us about how two students used one of their opportunities with 3D printing to help save his life. One of the things that I love about EAST is it affords you an opportunity to reach out to other people. And when we were in, when we were in Fayetteville for the last summer seminar that we had, um, East and James Hopper afforded me an opportunity to meet with Rogelio Contreras. He's at the Walton Business School. And so I took advantage of that from the standpoint of how do I help these girls achieve their end goal. In, in my mind, this is the consummate East program. This is a consummate East project. Um, from beginning to end, it, from its inception, it's followed the premises of the East model and had East input into it. But now these students have taken ownership of this and they've created something of their own. And I think that's the basis of what we're dealing with as far as East facilitators and as East programs. These kids have far exceeded my expectations. And when Ella says to help save my life, that's not really a, an inaccurate statement. So without Maddie noticing the tumor, it may have been weeks or months where I did because I don't, I don't pay attention to my health the way I should. And that's one of the things that we are dealing with with this project is to help people become aware of what they do and, and what they're experiencing. So I think that this opportunity of this East class has springboarded into something that may have a very large impact in our social sector. For more information about other opportunities that East students are receiving, follow us on social media at The East Initiative or visit our website at eastinitiative.org. I am April Jackson, and this has been your East Update. Thank you guys so much for the uh, East Initiative update. We appreciate the folks over at East Initiative for yeah. uh, handling that for us. And, and thanks for letting us uh, do the intro and the outro for this one. It's kind of getting fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> go ahead. No, you go ahead, mister. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I, I absolutely uh, enjoyed the conversation that we had with Kathleen about what teachers, especially those those first-time teachers, the, the brand new, as a lot of folks like to refer to them, the green teachers, yeah. brand new, you know, giving them some of the tools and, and just some of the things that they need to help them navigate through that crazy first year. You know, what I liked, too, was the fact that we got into puke. And, you know, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, if you, if yeah, you, but I mean, if you listen to the interview just now, you know what I'm talking about. As a teacher, there's, it's yeah. the small things mm -hmm. that you never know about. There's, you know, you get a teacher handbook when you get there, but no, there's not a page on if a kid pukes in your class. Okay. What if a kid pukes on the desk and then on the floor all the way to the room and then down the hall? What do I do? What do I, I don't know what to do. You know, who do I call? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's... How do I handle the kids? And there's a great one too. Well, how do you handle the kids when that happens? You know, it's a shock. And you think about your house and your children. When, when a kid pukes in your house, it's like, oh, gosh, something's wrong, and you're concerned, and you overreact a little bit sometimes. Right. The same thing can happen in a classroom. Oh, and, yeah. and it's funny. We don't think about those little steps, and we talk about that all the time. You know, sometimes we need to give you, this is the first thing that's going to happen. This is the second thing that yeah. happened. Here, yeah. Here's 2A. Here's 2B and C. Well, yes. Here's 2C1 and <laughs> dash 4. Well, you know, and, and it's funny, you know, I, I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but, you know, especially here in the South, 
when something like, I don't know, it starts to snow in the middle of the school day, yeah. you can forget whatever you were doing because all the kids are looking outside at this white stuff falling from the sky. Yeah, They're like, they don't what see is that? Very I mean, often in their lives in the right. South. Yeah. yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And those things completely take a classroom and a project and a, a lesson plan off, off the rails. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, we had a, a brief discussion. Time didn't really allow us to get into a super deep discussion. Uh, and I think that's one of the things maybe you and I can do on a show in a future show. Stay tuned for this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that whole the whole idea of uh, why there is such a shortage of people wanting to come in. Uh, you know, we talked about the, the negativity that, you know, that kind of negative culture that surrounds the teaching profession. And I don't know, I think we could do a whole show on just sharing different stories on on sharing different ways that we can help promote the positivity of teaching. I mean, what other job ever has that kind of an impact on a such young lives, but b so many lives? I mean, right. like you said, you know, I didn't come in. I didn't come in through education. I kind of came in the other direction. Uh, you know, I, I was a tech guy and, and came into the education world, so I've kind of come in that direction. But you were a band director. Like you said, you've touched thousands of students' lives. I mean, how, how awesome is that? Yeah, and that's and and I don't and it's interesting, you're right. And that's gonna be a great discussion in a show. It's it's actually multiple shows. Because yeah. at least in the past, teachers didn't make very much money either. And that's mm -hmm. that's what seems to be what drives our society today is how much money do you make? Yeah. But back then, though, the respect a teacher garnered, oh, that's the second grade teacher. Yes. Oh, that's the science teacher. That's yeah. the chemistry. That's the football coach. He's the coach. You know, that's the wrestling coach. There's the band director. Mm -hmm. There was this pride, in, at least in But now, oh, that's another teacher from the school system. Right. You know, we don't even get the respect that we put up with these students, and we love your students, and mm -hmm. we take care of them, and our goal is to make them all equally intelligent. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of other factors that have started to creep in and are very more prominent than even just the money. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's uh, you know it, it's interesting. Society as a whole it seems to have there are certain professions that used to be highly respected: police officers, firefighters, mm -hmm. soldiers that were highly respected. Teachers, obviously, uh, you know, that were highly respected. That that has waned significantly. Now there is there's still the big movement of um, respecting soldiers to a certain degree more than perhaps what we have in the past, um, you know, thanking from the service, that kind of thing. But, you know, there's a whole lot of things going on in society in terms of which types of professions are getting the respect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I agree with you completely in that, um, you know, some of that respect has, has waned. And, and I think it's up to it's up to each of us to figure out how to help people build that respect back. It's like, hey, big man, let me hold a dollar. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're listening. In, in my day, we got respect from the Board of Education <laughs> applied right. to the seat of my understanding. And what's crazy is everybody had one of those boards. I know, you know. At the church, at my <laughs> yes. house, yes. the neighbor down the street. <laughs> Listen, if you would like to uh, continue this conversation with us or give us your thoughts on it, don't forget to visit us on the web, www.edutecheyes.com. Just go to Google, type it in. You'll find us on all social media. We're out there waiting for you to enlighten us with your ideas and your thoughts. Yeah. Hey, it's been a great show. It has. I'm Jeff Matlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. 
edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.